Episode number 73. You pull that off. <laughs> All right, you ready? I'm Clay Lowe. And I'm Sarah Beth Hunt. You're listening to the Havana Cafe Sessions podcast. Where we get together once a week over coffee to talk about the big questions of life. Let's get into the show. Hello. Hello. Again. How's it going? It's very, going very well. It's been an it's, uh, it's interesting and varied week. Um, and so I'm quite happy to be now settling down yeah, over same, a cup of coffee and same. conversation. So. It's always a good kind of pause in the week, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, I think so. So today we're going to be talking about work. The thing that's probably on a lot of listeners' minds, I'm sure most people are doing work of some sort or another or kind. Um, but I think we were coming into this conversation from, like you have a very young family, and I have a family that, in terms of kids, that are in the process of, you know, they're into adulthood now, and that whole sort of, you know, career and life and what yeah. it, what are you going to do with your life type thing, um, and so what we were looking at is how do you how do kids choose a career these days? And I think what was driving me towards this was you know back in the days before all of this, and you looked up when career came in, 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 into the equation in terms of a definition, but we'll get to that in a second. But, you know, you would have been, you would have did what your father did. Was yeah. it, he was a shepherd or a baker or a shoemaker or what, you know, so you, you know, just fell in line. And if you were a female, then it was, you hang around the house, the farm or whatever it is, working for the family until you got hitched and married and then you went and carried on this sort of domestic duty. So... There wasn't this idea of let me go to school once, you know, for one thing, because that's a, a relatively newer concept as well, where you send kids to sort of school to get an education. And then in that, I think it evolved again. So before we say, okay, go to school while your parents are in the factory, take care, you know, some, some babysitter basically school was in some sense. To the two, all right, well, actually, you go beyond just the standard basic education and this idea of going to university or picking a career, that kind of thing. Yeah. So that was a long, rambling yeah, question, wasn't no, it? No, it's a... It's, <laughs> yeah, but, you you know, it was interesting, you know, is thinking about how you go about making... You know, how everybody listening, too, how you went about choosing or getting accidentally thrown into, which is the case for a lot of us. As Uh, a kid, for me, it would have been, in in, in fact, it kind of, so from an animal social point of view, you almost kind of drift towards either what your parents did or and people that you kind of looked up to or the stories that that you read, you know. So I went the whole gamut from wanting to be a stunt man because I liked Lee Majors and the Six Million Dollar Man. Um, I wanted to be an astronaut because of that. I liked Captain Kirk, so I thought, oh yeah, I'll be a starship captain. Um, so it tended to be whatever we were playing right. because we liked that that we were getting entertained by, and we thought, well, yes, I'll be that. I wanted to be a cowboy at one point, a spy. Could watch James Bond and stuff, so yeah, I'll be a spy, you know. So it had yeah. that sense of play to it, and then we would go outside and play those things. And then, you know, then the concept of school comes in, and you start getting to that place where you go into high school, and suddenly teachers and things are saying, Well, what are you going to do post high school? So you got this four years to, in fact, you don't even have the four years because when you've at least in the states when you start your freshman year you kind of are you going college prep track or are you going to be going trade track that sort of thing so even that age you're kind of forced to choose what kind of path you want to take and i was wondering how at that age you have no experience of life apart from all you're playing that you can you make an real can you really make an informed decision no (laughs) beyond your parents saying you're going to be a doctor you're going to be a lawyer you're going to be this because you make good money and you know forget about all that other stuff because here's where the money's at well I think the real problem in our generation is that things were changing so fast 
because of technology and the evolution of the workforce has actually been quite significant compared to previous generations. So, you know, it's sort of hard to counsel your children or give them advice on something when things are so different than what situation was for you. You know, so, you know, for instance, you know, I think about careers and stuff. You know, my grandparents had jobs that they stuck with their entire life. And even my uncle, I mean, my father's self-employed, but, um, you know, my mother's been at the same job for absolutely years since we sort of were a bit older. And, you know, that idea of being at a job, you know, my uncle worked for Texas Instruments for literally his whole career, basically. Mm. So that idea that you get a job and you sort of are mentored through and you climb up and you, you know, the company's loyal to you and invest in you and you invest back in the company and stuff. That was something that changed between our parents' generation and our generation. And I feel like that's sort of the story that we got fed is, you know, go to university and then you get a job and there will be jobs for you. And mm. I think that's the sort of big breaking of the story. Well, the thing that we've got, we kind of spanned both of those, though, didn't we? So we would have started where, so somewhere in our time, it went from job to life, as what you're describing there. What so do you mean by that? Jobs for, yeah, you, you sign up for Boeing, you go work for Texas Instruments. Oh, jobs you go, for life, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And you'll be there, and you do well, yeah. keep your nose clean, and, and, and that sort of thing, you don't get in any trouble, then you'll get your pension and then you can live happily ever after so but then it changed the economy changed and then it became you know if you're in the job if you're in the same company for more than seven years that looked bad on your cv yeah and so this whole idea of upward mobility and and constantly sort of changing and moving to show that you were ambitious and wanted to achieve thing became something the thing to do and I think that mentality was came, came from this when we started having the big downsizing of these big companies where it was no longer that you're going to have a job for life. Actually, human resources, and it's like, oh, we need to cut costs and you know all these layoffs and things like that. So now that security that you would have had of going to work for the same company for 30 years was now gone. Yeah. And that sort of shift shifted the mentality of and at the same time over that period of time I do think that you know if you talk to my uncle when he was in his early years of working for um, Texas Instruments there was a lot of a lot more sort of investment in the employees in terms of their family so there was a lot of Christmas parties and you know barbecues incorporating the family you know Christmas bonuses and well, even the idea of the things. suburbs as well that grew out of that whole yeah. idea so well but I suppose you know as things you know went on the stock market and things changed in terms of a company's loyalties and what they thought was economic or economically sensible you have this drive towards profits and like you're saying the sort of laying off the workforce at the same time people are being asked to work more and more and there's less of a company recognition I think of, of the rest of people's lives so that becomes a real separate thing in a I way. I think the companies from a point of view they have a so they're struggling so I, I, I guess I've lived through a number of these different cycles because there was a time where it was a, a worker's market because money was out there and, you know, hey, if you're not giving me what I want at my work, that company will, and you're easy mm -hmm. to jump ship for more money and the like. So companies were like, well, what are we going to do to keep people? So let's have welfare, you know, these like yoga, you know, yoga things and yeah, yeah, all yeah. these other benefits for um, your your employees to try and keep them from sort of jumping ship um, and then there was the, the okay well actually we don't have money so let's cut all these things back and it became an employer's market as in people were desperate to keep on to their jobs because there wasn't the perception that there's no jobs out there so then I could demand more and ask more of you uh, and not give you hardly anything because yeah. where are you going to go? You yeah. know, I got another 20 people that'll 
be happy to take the job that that you have right now. And I, I think that that the the sort of issue to get back to sort of the original point of how you choose a career, I think that's what's been very confusing between generations is you know, it's very difficult to give people advice because the the situation that people are facing when they go come out of university and are looking for jobs is actually changing again and again and again. Because mm, that was so, a myth to get sold, it, isn't it? You go to university, and but look at all the kids that have gone to university and, and for, then they don't have a job. There's no job waiting for you when you're that's done That's right. Uni. And, you know, I do... I mean, I mean, I always did the humanities at university, but I think universities are some of the slowest-moving institutions in terms of innovation now all that that's a generalization Hmm. but you know and i think some are worse than others but there's i'm not (laughs) what i'm saying is that they're probably the least appropriate institution to train people for work now they can be wonderful institutions to train people to think although that's becoming a bit harder now too Hmm. but um you know i think you're getting advice, and, and the I mean, did you ever go to the career center? I, you know, not at uni, but I was going to say with the career stuff in high school, you have the guidance counselor. I mean, they you? just I never had decent advice from any of those people about you know thinking about you know what I really wish that someone would have said to me is sat me down and said there are these aspects of work, and you can't just think what do I want to do. You have to think what is that job actually going to require of me? How many hours am I going to work? Is that a job that, you know, in this country, there are many, many jobs that are only in London. Mm. So if you choose that, you're choosing a life in London. And that should be part of the package. I mean, and and the same is true in the States. There's certain areas in which if you're going to choose this job and you want to do certain things with it, publishing, for instance, you need to be in certain places. For me, with you, with with doing um, my PhD and and being trained as an academic, I wish someone had said to me right off the bat, you realize that you are going to have to always put that career first because every single year there's going to be about three or four or five max jobs in your specialty all over the world in Australia, Britain, and Canada and the UK. Or sorry, in the US. And so you're going to apply for those five jobs in all of those countries and whatever job you get, that, that's where you have to go. Yeah. And so you have to be willing to pick up your entire family and move there. You have to be the driver of everything. You have to be willing to move to, you know, who knows where. And I just wasn't willing to do that. But, you know, nobody ever kind of talked to me about jobs in terms of all, all of the aspects that come with the job. I suppose you know that's I mean? just it. That, yeah, because there's a conversation of job, career, uh, profession. So those are like three distinct things, isn't it? So I think when you're coming up through high school, it's it's almost a conversation more about what job do you want to get or profession or career. I guess I do all three. And, and do they base that off of your aptitude, like how you looked, you know, how you're performing and things like that, you know, you know academically are you doing well are you doing well socially in school that says okay well actually this person would probably do okay in the university environment and so on um or is this person you know more geared towards you know go get a decent job doing whatever sort of tech oriented or um crafts crafts, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah um so yeah um I guess one of the things is, do they have the time to do that? So schools are almost like factories in themselves, aren't they? From an educational point of view. So I just got to get all these kids in and I got to get them through. Do I actually have the time to understand each kid that individualistically to say... But I think my problem is that when you go in and you say, this is, you, you don't have to know a kid. The kid can come in and say, this is what I like, this is what I don't like, and you can ask them a bunch of questions. Mm. But you have to understand the job market. You have to understand, like, okay, so you're saying that you like these things. So if that's the case, then these are the career options open to you, and this is what it would require of you, and blah, 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 blah. Okay, so Do maybe, you know I mean? yeah, like, because um, I know... No, the, no one ever sat down with me and like did that. Will it give you a, an insight of what it would actually mean to be what it is that you do? 
So or or just really yeah. talk about career options. I mean, yeah, people just I don't know. There was just you'd go into the career counselor, and, and I I mean I went, but I you know when you have these conversations and you walk out and you go, that was a lot of words, but. I don't think they said it. anything. See, I was so much of a lone wolf, so I never actually did the whole guidance counselor thing. I already knew that I was going to be an infantryman. Yeah, I was going to be an infantryman and go off and have adventures and fight wars and stuff like that. So I never paid much attention to. Now, how much of that choice was influenced by the fact that your dad was in the military? Uh, zero. Right. Yeah, because he was in the Navy, and I have no interest in boats and and ocean so for me navy was like eh. right right <laughs> um so yeah zero on that aspect it was literally um, as i was saying to you earlier when we were talking you know i had that period of really being into the whole sort of adventure thing which i guess you do as a boy and we're out in the woods and hunting and stuff like that and i got all into the sort of heroic fantasy novels and just that whole yeah. good versus evil and all that Yep. So that oh, I want to go off and have adventures, as young men have done always, you know, go off to foreign lands and stuff like that. So um, I was very keen on doing that. And this whole concept of the sort of warrior aspect was really high into my list. And the army was a, a way to do that. Um, but that was irrespective of any influence from sort of my my dad. Like, in fact, we never had any conversations around that at all. Mm-hmm. And that's how much of a lone wolf I was. So I was yeah. making those kind of decisions based off of just who I was and developing. I mean, I guess you could say maybe the fact that, you know, well, because you can't really. I was going to say because I grew up in the environment as well because, you know, living on base. But then I think, you know, my kids for a good portion of their young lives was influenced in that. And they absolutely had no interest right. in a pursuing the military thing at all yeah, 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 I think yeah, I was yeah. a fool for doing it but um so yeah I think yeah. it and because I you know I think maybe something was you know the sort of temperament aspect as well so just that kind of need to get out and explore and to see and to have these adventures that's that's what my sort of driving force or nature was yeah yeah all right yeah yeah so Should take a break and then uh <laughs> yeah let's take a quick break I'm gonna ask you something yeah The Havana Cafe Sessions podcast was created to carve out space for contemplation in the middle of our busy week. Inspired by the very ancient idea that wisdom and principles of conscious living can be found through conversation, Clay and I started meeting over coffee at the Havana Cafe. From these meetings, the Havana Cafe Sessions podcast was born, and as an independent podcast, it is supported by listeners like you. Here's how you can help us support the show and continue taking time to explore the big questions in our lives. First and most importantly, you can share the podcast with friends on Facebook, Instagram, or old school, like talking to your friends. Haha. <laughs> Leave a review for us on iTunes, or you can support the show for as little as a couple of pounds or dollars a month. That's less than the coffee you are drinking right now while listening to this show by going to havanacafesessions.co.uk and hitting that contribute button. Hope you're enjoying this episode, and thanks again for listening. Okay, so you're 13, and suddenly people are saying, what are you going to do with your life? You need to decide whether you go into uni, because I need to decide what kind of courses that I'm going to take. I'm going to take college prep courses, or am I going to go trade-oriented? Um, but you need to start deciding now, because... If you're in the States, i got to start thinking about SAT and ACT and getting ready for that. I have to also start thinking about which university. Got to start Sorry, thinking about. a flashback. Yeah, got to start thinking about how we're going to pay for it, depending on which one you decide that you're going to yeah. go to. Yeah. Um, and this is all at 13, where just a little while ago, you know, you were playing with your action figures and stuff. And all yeah. of a sudden, now you have to start making these kind of life choices at that kind of age. I mean, it's like you said, it's, you know, many generations ago, what you did as a job would have been very, like, predetermined. Hmm. And then you sort of got, and I mean, in this country, there's much more of a culture of working class versus sort of... You don't have an expectation that everybody's going to uni necessarily. Right. And so... You know, that, you know, I suppose in the 1950s and stuff, it would have still been, I suppose what what I see is a sort of ever expanding perception of choice in terms of careers, Mm. which we think of 
when we don't think about it, we think about this being a good thing because we're so relieved that, I mean, I'm so relieved that I don't just have to stay home and yeah. watch kids because yeah. I love my kids, but my brain needs more than that. Yeah. And I think there's a, probably a lot of people that look at the careers that their fathers or if you think back to your great you know, grandfather, you're pretty glad you're not doing necessarily what they're doing. Except that they were happier. Well, maybe. We haven't had that conversation. Did we have that conversation last week? Where that we have more choice and richer than we are, but actually well, so, less ha- well, not exactly. as happy. We had, we had that we had that um, episode number sixty four. We talked about choice and stuff. Mm. And basically, you know, I, I went back to this TED talk just the other day by Barry Schwartz called "The Paradox of Choice," because what he says, and I'll put this in the show notes, but it's if you didn't listen to it in the last episode it's so it's such a good it's like 15 minute TED talk but what he basically says is yeah we have this idea that being free is good okay Mm. and that the idea the way that we are free is by increasing the amount of choice that we have that all individuals have which sort of you're like okay that makes sense I guess and then everyone gets to decide for themselves what makes them happy Mm. and so the thing I liked about his talk is that he basically said, yeah, we all know what's good about this. We're all glad that we're not, you know, I don't know, stuck in a job and, and we didn't get any choice about what to do. But this idea that we are, have like almost an, in, and this is very true with, you know, consumer stuff where mm. you go into a grocery store, but it's very true about career. It's the, 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 the story that we're fed now is you can be anything, isn't it? Yeah. You can be anything you want to be. Now you might have to work hard for it, but you can be anything. And you're like, Ooh, whoa. Like, you know. And But that's so, just it, isn't it? I think it's a combination of you, you know, the psyche is you can be whatever it is that you want to be. Mm-hmm. And then you mentioned earlier before the break the fact that no one's actually giving you guidance as to yeah. if you want to pick this thing and this is what it looks like and here's how it might yeah. affect, you know, you think about you family and stuff like that. Have you seen that video? You know, so you, I know you're a Robert McKee fan. Yeah. He, so he does this stuff on the mechanics of story, like what makes a story good hmm. and, and compelling and why do we like certain stories? And one, there's a little clip of, of a course that, you know, the talk that he does that's talking about how people who are writing fictional stories think that it's great to just have, you know, it's like no boundaries, you know, you can make up anything. But he's like, actually, you need boundaries. You need there to be rules of whatever world it is you're making. So even yeah. if you're in sci-fi, even if you're in fantasy, there has to be certain rules and that might be that there are dragons and that dragons fly but they breathe fire not ice or that you know whatever that is but you know and I notice this with my own stories you know once you create the kind of boundaries of your world you almost can be more creative and I think that's the problem with career choices that and and, and a lot of these situations is we think having no boundaries makes us more free but I think there's, there's a little ground. Can I throw another twist that, to this? Yeah. Here's a twist for me, and how I took you can be anything, is that I hate titles, and I spend a good portion of my life trying to... You totally do. To, That's so true about you. Yeah, to just squash <laughs> titles, because I feel like whatever I want to do, I can just learn it and do it. And so I hate it when people try to put me in a box and say, you, I am a... So what do you do? I am, and then you put some other thing out of that. It's like, yeah, okay, I do that, but I do hundreds of other things as well. But because we want to be able to label people so that I can put you in a box so that I know how to relate to you, and if you switch this to commerce so I know whether or not I want to buy from you as well, um, so I need this label and I need these other labels to be attached to that. And that just drives me nuts because it's like... You know, you know, I had this being raised that you can be whatever you want to be and there's no limits to me as a human being. And I read you that quote from um, Robert Heinlein as well about specialization being for insects. Yeah, get that out. That would be really and, good. Um, yeah. And I really believe I, yeah. that. I really believe that, you know, I don't want to be... I can do everything. I'm a human. And if I want to do this today, 
as I said to you, even, you know, I just, I just, yeah, that has really been a bit bugbear for me as a whole. It's interesting because I think that there, you know, to, I'll, I'll step into my sort of Buddhist self and say there has to be a middle way, you know, between the two extremes of there being no choice and there being infinite choice. Because I don't think, actually, from my experience and from what I see around me, that infinite, the perception of infinite choice, humans don't do very well with. And you know, well, it's not so, so much choice, is it? I mean, like, it, I don't want to be limited. So I still have the. So it's just how you just explained with the McKee stuff. At some point, you say, okay, of all these choices, I actually I've narrowed it down because I only like from here to here so that's right. the way I'm going to play I'm not going to like I don't yeah, want to be yeah, a nurse or yeah, anything yeah, like yeah, that yeah yeah right 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 so I, I have narrowed that field but down. I think that when you're young it's really you know okay so we've had a few more years under our belt I think when you're young it's really hard still to know because you know now we've had several decades to kind of try out different stuff and say yeah I like that aspect of that job and I didn't like that and stuff but when you have absolutely no experience it's really hard to know what you like and what you don't yeah. You know? and, 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 and sometimes and what you think you're going to like, you it changes, really it shifts. Yeah. And I think I said to you, like with my two kids, so we talk about the sort of nature nurture thing. And this is where I was thinking, does temperament play into, into the fact, as in, if as a kid, you're kind of a goal oriented, driven kind of person, like my daughter is. And so she has everything mapped out. My son's very laid back, non conformist. Um, you know, only likes rules if, you know, they work for him. Um, and, so, and he doesn't know what he's doing tomorrow, let alone, you know, two weeks or five years from now. Um, but that makes a difference to how focused it, that you are. So, like, I was very driven in high school because I, I wanted to get away and go do these adventures. So I had a very clear sort of focus. And... Um, yeah, I knew what I was doing and what I wanted to do, so I didn't need any help or guidance thing, in that. It, like, is it maybe that makes it easier for some people to create the boundaries that they need, you know, and that they want to have? Like, okay, this is the, you know, I'm not gonna put my fence or whatever around just one tiny specialization, but I'm going, you know, but I'm still gonna put up a sort of fence that I'm gonna. Well, what do you think on. about people like um, Leonardo da Vinci and a lot of these guys, Descartes, all of them, they were mathematicians, philosophers, they, they did loads of stuff. They didn't have to go to university to learn all those different things um, and to take on those titles. They just did them and yeah. they learned it and they did it. But there wasn't, because we've gotten to this place where you have to specialize, and I'll read the um, Robert Heinlein quote in a second, then we say, well, you got to go and you got to get this qualification and you got to have this certification and you got to do these things. And suddenly you have all these specialists and you got to check all these boxes. And again, that starts to... You've got to have a career. It starts to limit the human. Whereas when you think back to some of the guys that were studying, they didn't have those limitations. It's like, all right, not only am I a mathematician, but I'm a philosopher and I'm an astronomer. And I'm, you know, there were all these things that, that they did. Um, and that's kind of where my head is. It's like, well, I don't need any, any, I don't need a hominid blessedness to say that I could do this thing. If I say, well, I like that and I want to pursue it out of the curiosity, then there yeah. I go. Here's the, the quote. Um, a human being should be able to change a diaper, plan an invasion, butcher a hole, con a ship, design a building, write a sonnet, balance accounts, build a wall, set a bone, comfort the dying, take orders, give orders, cooperate, act alone, solve equations, analyze a new problem, pitch manure, program a computer, cook a tasty meal, fight efficiency, dive gallantly. Specialization is for insects. And I have this in various times in my life stuck on my wall as well to remind me. And it's actually quite, um, comes derived from the arete. I don't know if you've yeah, done yeah. much for that from the ancient Greeks because that was Lex they had the same mentality in terms of the human potential. And it was about this whole arete was being excellent in all ways possible to but, be but when human. You, but, you know, to get back to career, hmm. you, you know, a lot of those things that you're talking about were not the things that were making Leonardo da Vinci money. Mm, you know, yeah. so, so then 
you know, this is sort of another whole aspect, but, you know, when you're a kid and you're having to choose a career, you know, a lot of activities, you know, it, it, one of the, I suppose what I'm saying is one of the differentiating factors is what do I like to do but I don't want to do as a job? So, like, my brother's really into golf. And so for a while he was sort of thinking, should I, you know, we live in an area in Florida that, or, you know, where I grew up that is massive golf, blah, blah, blah. Should I get a job in golf? And then he sort of got to the point where he was like, you know what, I really like golf. And I think if I start doing it as my job every day, it's going to take the joy away from me. So I kind of want to, I want that to be, mm. you know. Your leisure. Two things leisure to talk activity. about. Bring up the Aristotle bit. Because I had a different take on what you, what you were saying with your brother. So for me, it was like you got to spend all these hours working. You might as well do something. You, you like. might as well do something think, where the work and the play are one but, and the same. But you might find when you're sorting all these things out that you like something. But you like, it do, you like doing it once a week on the weekend. You don't want to do it every day. And I think when you're young, it's still confusing about all these different things. Like have all these interests. And it's very hard to sort of say, actually, I like doing that, but I don't want to do that all the time. Like for me with writing, it's sort of like there are a lot of people who want to just write occasionally. I want to write all the time. So, But flip that around because you have the luxury that you... You're not paying your mortgage what you're writing right now. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's a whole no, different... No, because what I'm, I guess what I'm getting at is that there's some people who want to write all the time, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. but I've got to work, yeah, and then yeah. work and takes that, you know, so much out of me. That's me too, yeah. Yeah, and i gotta, I got to work, and it takes a lot out of me, and then you've got the added but bit of the kids, I, so... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sort of, I'm not talking about me in terms of like how I've made the balance work with mm. my other works and my writing and stuff, but more just that just because something is an interest for you doesn't mean you want to do it a lot. Sometimes people yeah, no, just want that. to do it if, a little bit. If and, I just want to have okay. a, a leisure bit. Yeah. And I guess what I was looking at is if there's a possibility where you can make your work and your play one and the same, as in yeah. you don't know whether which one. There's another quote that I always have. It's a... It's a there's something along the lines of making your work and your play and let other people sort out whether you're working or playing because for you, you're doing both. And there's that whole other thing. If you mm, love yeah, what yeah. you do, do what you love, you'll never work another day in your life because you spend most of your life at work. And where I think the stress, anxiety, depression, unhappiness comes from is where I have to give all of my life to a work. And I think there's some statistics in one of the articles that I send you in a job I don't like doing, but it makes me money. And I don't have time now to do something that would be leisurely or bring me pleasure because I'm exhausted from the amount of work that I have to do. And to top that off, I'm making somebody else rich. So it's not even that I'm working for myself, the majority of people, they're busting their hump and it's making other people rich and those same people to tie this back into a conversation we were having a little bit earlier in the in the show is if they decide on one day to come in and say yeah, yeah, yeah. thanks but no thanks you no longer need it because we don't we know we need to increase profits so we'll get rid of labor and I can just discard you just well, like that well so to what extent would you say that when you get to the point or, you know, I mean, this is not just relevant for young people. There's no, a lot a, of people. Loads of people. Uh, so there's loads of people that, you know, you get to a point where you want a career change, like you've enjoyed it, but you're done and you want to do something different. So then how do you do that? Or people, you know, I, I for instance, who have been at home with kids quite a lot mm. in my life recently know a lot of people who have spent a lot of their time taking care of children and now their children are in school or they're a bit older and they're thinking okay now I've got to retrain or find what I like to do and that you know so it sort of comes up you know at different points for different reasons for people but is it a realistic thing or is it a good thing you know if we think about choice and we think about you know, all this stuff we've been talking about, is it realistic and good to say, 
will find a way of taking what you love and making it into your work. I think. I mean, is that what you would say to Devin? Yes. So what I would say, what I would say to someone who was young, now would be, do whatever it is that no. So do whatever it is that makes you happy that you enjoy doing. It doesn't matter if you like playing video games. How there's there's kids making millions of pounds playing video games. But the majority speak would be from your teachers, oh, you're wasting time playing video games. Well, actually, no. But if you, if you say to your kid, oh, you're wasting time playing video games, and you, make, you ostracize that, so now they're thinking, okay, well, this brings me joy, but you know, mom, dad, teachers say, there's, you, know, you can't do that for a job, or it doesn't make you mad, or whatever. But there's you have to know how to translate that into a job. You play, literally, these kids are making millions well, I, playing Well, I know, games. but you yeah. have to hook up with someone who's willing to pay you to do that. You well, can't just sit just, in your bedroom well, you and be by your, yourself. Well, no, and then I think that's the point. The point would be is figure out, so my advice would be, what is it that you like doing that you enjoy that, you know, it doesn't feel like you're working? And if you decide that yes, then now figure out how to make that pay. And you're going to have to do just as much. And my point is you're going to have to work just as hard regardless of what you choose. Mm. You still got to work hard. You still got to hustle. You still got to get out there. But at least you're doing it for something that feeds your own soul, that brings you joy. You're not killing yourself for something that you hate doing, but you're doing because someone else has said you this is the route to go or however. Because neither path you take, there isn't any guarantee on it. So you might as well put the effort and work hard in the thing that is going to bring you that ultimate joy that, that you are. Because a lot of what I see is that people take the road that it seems most sensible to take. Yeah. And then they get into where you are, we were just describing before. So they've gone on that. You know, they're, you know, they're not unhappy, but they're not super happy. And they'd rather be doing something else. But then they'll get to a point where they're like, well... Is this all there is and, and the like? And I want to do something different. And then they have to make a big career and break. And then they to make the big break. Yeah. And then you've yeah. gone down there and, and we can talk forever about materialism. So I bought all these goods and they've got to be fed. So now the things that I have, I've become almost a slave to those things because I, I have to keep them that is going. really maybe the difference is that people have a, like, and, and young people as well have this perception that if, that, Doing what you love means at your leisure whenever you feel like it, which is how you engage with what you love doing when you're young. So, you know, you only play video games when you want to play video games. Whereas if you're making money from video games and they send you, we need you to play this video game, that's what you have to do. So what you're saying is the the level of work is going to be the same. You mm-hmm. have to accept that there's an effort that is involved it's just where do you want to direct that effort? And the effort Whereas, would be pleasurable because it's doing something that's that you're right. into. But, but I think that that's, and, and it's funny because, you know, when we were talking about this and, and thinking about this topic, one of the things that came up for me is the different generations because you have this sort of all these articles about like the baby boomers versus Gen X versus mm. millennials is like the big thing now, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And what struck me about it thinking this time is actually all of these generations are really defined by how they their attitudes to work it's it's one of the biggest because that's a huge thing that's where we spend all our time isn't it is working so basically you know you have you know baby boomers you know work hard but things were sort of guaranteed and they were doing the corporate thing and And, and working for the big companies and they were also getting rewarded appropriately for it yeah and, and then they made a lot of money. That, yeah. And then and now we have this sort of versus the millennials who everyone's sort of typifying as, well, I just want, you know, a working 10 to 4 is like exhausting and, you know, I shouldn't have to be well, doing this. But don't skip our generation. We were the hack. We were the slackers. <laughs> well, not anymore, though. Generation X was the slackers. Apparently. And, and because we watched the our parents working two jobs and working crazy and then we were thinking well what's the point of all of that apparently our generation was ones that were happy to do the mac jobs as in i'd rather flip burgers at mcdonald's if it means i can chill out and hang out with my friends and i don't need a lot of stuff 
Hmm. I just need to. Well, there's that great article that I I think I sent you ages ago that was um, work hard, play hard generation is how they define Gen X. Yeah. Well, but you know, basically, I think what what I suppose what I'm getting at now is that now we're in this point, and a lot of uh, we're getting this big sort of cultural I don't know what it is like dialogue or story about do what you love that's coming from this millennial generation that is the expectation is that you have to put in as much effort like whatever effort you want Mm. not what efforts required towards the thing that you love but whatever effort you want because when it's a leisure activity that's not needing to sustain you that's not needing to grow at any particular pace or whatever then if you don't feel like getting up one day because you had some drinks the night before and you want to sleep until 10 we'll just do that but when it's a job it could be the same activity you could have chosen the thing that you love to do but you got to get up and go to work and do that thing well and yes and no because again, are we trying to fit in a mold that says, and I was having a conversation with a guy last night who's self-employed and he can't shake the mentality of the nine to five and that I always got to be working. And the reason that well, he Well, nine to out, five is different than always working, isn't it? Well, he doesn't take holidays and things like that because he feels like he has to be working and that sort of thing. So the reason for going self-employed to have more time He's not and using to be more flexible, because yeah. it doesn't sort of shake the mentality. So um, I think it's in that way, it's a whole sort of mindset to sort of shake and get rid of. And, you know, yes, you've got to focus. But what does that focus actually mean if you're a young one? So, you know, you were saying about um, the millennials. I think where they're at now is not necessarily. So I think we were partly the blame for this, you know, do what you love, love what you do with a whole yeah. sort of self-help thing and all out of the jazz sort of came yeah, that, and that came kind from of our generation, Yeah, that yeah. came from, from us. <laughs> Whereas the millennials now is actually, I don't need to go down a corporate path, I need to go down this one. I can make my own path through internet and, and I can well, have to go I to uni. Well, I think that those are, those are the si- millennials that are, are successful right now. Yeah. There's a lot of millennials that, like you're saying, they have tact and you know switched course and seen opportunity where a lot of people who didn't grow up with the internet and stuff didn't really see Mm. and that's amazing but there's a lot of people in that generation who are a bit lost and i think that's their adults fault because they're going to be influenced by a generation of people who didn't grow up with the internet and they don't see the potential of it. And so, of course, you're influencing... But then you can't... I mean, you can't always blame the parents because you better be careful because then people blame you for Devin. Well, I, I, I wouldn't say you can't get away from that, can you? So, you know... I, I, there's only so much, I think, yeah. that... I think that, you know, as a parent, obviously, you have a lot of influence, but... Hmm. Yeah, it's not everything. You know, it's not everything. Like, I try to... Like, I'm more of a millennial than Devin is, if we're going to go that route. Yeah, so, right. I'm trying to say, look, kid, the whole world is open. You. The world is open for you in a different way than it is for me, because of the demographic that you're in. Yeah. But he doesn't... For him, he doesn't see that for him him and so that frustrates me because it's like you know you don't even need to go down that route you got this you have this whole route opened up to you just by virtue of your demographic and take but, advantage of that but is but, it that he doesn't see it or is it that well, there's not the, his the, thing. The, eff- the effort required isn't something yeah. he's interested in I, you know, I just think he just doesn't know where he kind of wants to f- mm. sort of fit in and play. And then we get yeah. back to the infinite <laughs> choice. I think as oh, much yeah. as everything's oh, yeah. opened up, you know, it's like, so so just, you know, to swing all the way back to yeah. that, you know, that Barry Schwartz talk about the paradox of choice, the negative aspects are either paralysis, that people have so many choices that it's difficult to choose at all, yeah. and, or, and, sorry, that you get less satisfied with your choice because whatever you choose you have this idea that 
somewhere out there among the infinite choice, there was a perfect choice for you mm. because there's so many. Surely one of those is perfect for you. So when you choose something and it's not perfect, which nothing's actually perfect, you think, well, I must have made the wrong choice. So actually get to a certain point of the level of choice and actually we're just less satisfied and or paralyzed. It's like, great. Or you can be bad like me, as in I just explore it until I get bored and I do the next thing. You know, it's just like, oh, okay, I'll learn how to make websites. Cool. Get all the books, read. Now I can make websites. All right, done with that. Yeah, it's really useful for what, your friends. Yeah, what's the next thing? All right, I'll learn how to do that. <laughs> <laughs> and on and on. And I never stop. Well, for the, one that, the other thing that I wanted to um, talk about before we finish off yeah. is um, the idea of a career. Yeah. So I, it, it occurred to me that this is actually probably a more recent concept of work and again we don't really think about our word choice in terms of even using the word work because I you know I was sort of thinking back to what would it have been like if you had been in you know ancient ancient times I mean you know whatever but if you were an agrarian society which m the majority of people at one point would have been mm. I'm not sure that you would have thought of it as work and leisure it would have been just life so you would have gotten up and there would have been all kinds of tasks that you just did. And it wouldn't be like self-defining, like I am a farmer. It would be like, okay, I've got to go feed the chickens and I've got to go milk the cows and then I've got to go, you know, do the harvest or do the yeah. plowing or, and then I'm going to come in and I'm going to have lunch and then we're going to fix the fence. And that, was, know, just, that was true work-life balance because they were one in the same. They were the one in the same. <laughs> yeah. And then we have this idea of work as like and then you have the idea of a career and I thought what when did that come in so I looked it up so career starts in 1530s meaning a course or a running and it's from the middle French carrier which means like a road or mm. something and uh, by 1590s it's used as the idea of a general course of action but that's not work. It only starts being considered, like, related to a work in the 1800s, which I find really interesting because that's post-industrial. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. And then yeah. suddenly it's the course of one's professional life. Yeah. And I think that there's something in that, that, you know, we have to think about these things. And then, you know, because the reason why I started thinking about it is I thought, I wonder if this is sort of becoming an outdated concept. You know, I think about my uncle having this whole career or my, my father having a whole career where he did one thing. Hmm. And I'm not sure if that's how people are going to experience working life anymore, particularly with the internet. And, you know, people are kind of shifting and turning and, and changing what they do and changing their brand. And there's so many more different possibilities that I wonder if this idea of career is going to become something that's really outdated. Because career also sort of implies that you're climbing, that there's the, the, the ladder, the corporate yeah, ladder, and you're climbing. Yeah. And that's going to you know, still be the case for a lot of people mm. and a lot of people now. But I wonder if less and less people are going to have that kind of experience in their working life. I'm not sure that they will. because, And I know we probably maybe need to do this in another space and time. But because one of the questions I think I asked you on the chat was, can the society function if everybody goes off and do Just their does own, what they like. like, you know, like do. Yeah. And then we haven't even touched on pe people who have a calling. So I have a calling to be a healer or a doctor or something, so I'm or a teacher even. You know, some yeah. people, you know, there's not a lucrative profession necessarily, but it's a calling for them versus a career. And then you've got profession. And then there's just job, like some people, you know. For me, I'm, I have a freelancer's mentality. Right. And that's how I organize my life. So I'm not trying to build a business, and I'm not an entrepreneur. I'm purely a freelancer. It's like, okay, as I said to you, I got someone t messaged me, said, hey, we like your pictures, and we'd like you to be our wedding photographer. Um, would you consider doing that? So I met them last night. And I was like, all right, I'm, I'm I'm not a wedding photographer, but if you want to pay me to take your pictures, well, why not? Okay, so yeah, I'm yeah. Yeah, happy to do it. So I've always had a, you know, this sort of a You freelance. are a millennial. I'm a freelancer, man. 
pure and simple. You're a millennial trapped in a Gen X yeah. body. Yeah, I'm. I'm a. I'm a. I thought you know. Yeah, you know what? <laughs> I have. This is great for me because it's a whole no title thing. So yeah. So for me, yeah. I've always lived. I have a freelancer's mentality, but then of course there's career. Then they got jobs. Some people just want a job, and some people are happy with that. Like I've met yeah. loads of people who have a job. They come in at the time they're supposed to come in. Yeah. They do their thing, and then they go home. But the job allows them to have X amount of money, and then it allows them to be able to hang with their family. So they're not interested in going up the corporate ladder totally. or getting promoted or being a manager. I come in, I do my job. Hopefully I don't, you know, it's, you know, it's, it's relatively pleasant. The people that I'm working with, five o'clock comes out the door. Yeah. I ain't giving you any more or any less. Yep. Um, yeah. And they're happy with that. Yeah. So. I, just, I just thought that, you know, these words that we sort of throw around and use, it's kind mm. of interesting to think about what connotations they have and what do we mean by them, actually. Yeah, no, I, so. I get that. And, it's, and I guess I don't see it. I guess the way that we work is changing and constantly shifting. One, you know, whether we all kind of need to be in the buildings and not lots of big company are yeah. shifting out to the remoteness and you don't even need to be in the same country yeah and you still i mean you look at wordpress i mean they that company yeah, yeah. they're like so, all over so the world many companies. Yeah. Yeah, yeah um so the way that we work will be different i think you've got things like professions and, and science and those sorts of things that's still we'll work always up. require yeah, yeah that kind of career progression and stuff um so yeah and thank goodness, I would like to say that there are some people who do not think that specialization is for insects because I the do. guy, but the guy who <laughs> cut open my face and dissected a nerve, I'm you, glad he specialized. You're glad it is. <laughs> Very <laughs> glad. Thank you, you for specializing, yeah, doctor, you. surgeon. I guess that's got to be, I guess you have to have a certain percentage of people. We're in all, all yeah. as my mother or my grandmother yeah. used to say, Clay, we're all snowflakes. <laughs> yeah, yes, we're all ahead. snowflakes. You wanted so that guy goodness. cutting me up to be a specialist as Indeed. opposed to, hey, Clay, can you cut me up? Yeah, we're not, I'm not going to be coming to you for that. <laughs> I would do it as well. I know you would. I'm not on asking. The, uh, internet and figure out how to do it. Get me some tools and slice you right open. <laughs> All right. Good to good. This episode of the Havana Cafe Sessions podcast is brought to you by people just like you, wonderful listeners. So thank you very much. If you have a spare second and you want to click over to iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a review or just some stars, that really helps us out a lot and helps other people find us who might enjoy the show. And if you would like to contribute to the show, then you can contribute as little as a pound an episode or less than a coffee an episode. Um, if you head over to HavanaCafeSessions.co.uk and click on the contribute button, you'll find all kinds of different ways that you can help us out. Thank you so much if you have already contributed in some way or if you're thinking about contributing and really even just telling other people who you think might enjoy the podcast or um, joining in the conversation is very, very helpful. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Sarah Hunt, and on behalf of Clay Lowe, goodbye, and we'll see you next week.